Good morning. Welcome to worship. The Holy Gospel today is from the 17th chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still talking, and while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell down on the ground terrified, but Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me in praying together the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I think in a certain sense, uh, a lot of pastors don't look, not necessarily look forward to this Sunday. Uh, I, I myself personally have always found the Transfiguration text a, a difficult text to preach on um, for various reasons. Um, and I, I guess part of it has to do with just that whole sensitivity to um, knowing that we all have various walks of faith and that um, these, these experiences and these walks of faith that all of us have, obviously they're all unique to ourselves. And for some of us, we just simply you know, grew up in the faith and it just kind of came with us and was a part of us. And yet for others of us, you know, we can speak of these mountaintop experiences. And so you know, it's, it's hard to find a balance as to where you should take this passage today because of just the very nature of, of uh, what, what's, what's happening in the context of this passage. But I stand before you today and affirm with you that we have this miracle called life and that we are living, we are living it, we are living this life within the context of this God's ongoing salvation history. That's that's part of the privilege of being alive and being people of faith is that we live this miracle of life within that context. And we gather each week to be reminded and to retell of this incarnation story of God coming into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. And we have gathered again today in the name of Jesus, our Lord, 
And I stand before you as one who is able to say to you that we stand here in the name of Jesus who has fulfilled all righteousness through his very life, death and resurrection. The righteousness of God has been accomplished. At the very beginning of Christ's ministry in the world, Jesus made it very clear, he made it very clear as to why he came into the world. At his baptism, which we just had that text here about seven weeks ago, at the very beginning, at his baptism, he spoke to John and he said, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And as he came up out of the water, we, we, the, the, the text is oh so familiar to us. The heavens opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Those same words that we hear today are, have spoken at his baptism. And God is telling us something very important. God is telling us something very important when, he uses, when we hear those words. God is telling us that I desire to know you and, and I love you and I desire to be in relationship with you, with you through Jesus. This transfiguration event that we are reliving today in the hearing of this story, it is a reaffirmation of God's intent to reestablish that covenant relationship that God made with God's people long ago. This transfiguration story brings the salvation history of God together in this brief snapshot in time. And from a theological perspective, from a Godology perspective, this event is important. I mean, it must be important because it's in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we get a glimpse, we get just for a moment, we get a glimpse of that connectedness with the salvation history story through this appearance of Moses and Elijah. As one of my commentary sources writes it, and again, this is just some good theological fancy language, but I think it's worth hearing. As one of my commentary sources says, it reveals Jesus' divine nature, it foreshadows his death, it secures his place in the stream of Israel's salvific history, it exalts him above the law and the prophets, and it prefigures his resurrection. See, at the center, at the very center of the salvation history story, there is this covenant relationship with God. It is through the, this Old Testament understanding. We don't spend a lot of time in the Old Testament these days, but it's through our Old Testament understanding that we hear this story of God. The God who, in God's grace, in God's love for the creation, that God came into being and made possible, that God desires a relationship with the beloved people that God created. And because of that, God created a covenant. God promises to be their God. And it is about God who desires to be in relationship and in communion with the very creation that God created and brought into being. And I want to just share with you one of the things that that, that voice from the cloud said is listen to Jesus. 
listen to him. But I think it's important for us to not only listen to Jesus, but to also listen to the Old Testament as well. Because God was also speaking to us throughout the whole entire history, salvation history through the Old Testament. As far back as Genesis, the 17th chapter, God speaks to Abraham and says, I will establish my covenant between you and me and your offspring after you throughout this, their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to be God to your offspring after you. And then just Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, you know, those five early books of the Bible. Again, in Exodus 6, we hear the voice of God speaking to Moses. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and I established my covenant with them to give to them the land of Canaan where they lived as aliens. Therefore, he says, I will take you to be my people. I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. And then again, as we go all, all throughout the Old Testament, then God spoke through the prophets. And one of the prophets that Jesus, I mean, that God spoke through was the prophet Jeremiah. And we hear these words from the 31st chapter of Jeremiah. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving, loving kindness and I will rebuild you again and, and you will be rebuilt. And then continuing on in verse 31 and following, it says, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And it will not be, it will not be like the covenant I made with your forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord, that I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Time and time again, we can go all throughout Old Testament history, time and time again, God has continually reminded us of this covenant relationship God is the one, God is the one, and God is always the one who keeps the promise, is the only one who ever keeps the covenant, despite the fact that God's people time and time again break the covenant relationship through their disobedience, through their human rebellion and sin. It is God, it is God who keeps on restoring and reestablishing the promise, that covenant relationship. And just as we heard that voice of Jesus at Jesus' baptism, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased, we hear that same voice again today in this transfiguration event. This is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. In the verses just prior to this event, in the 16th chapter, we hear Jesus telling his disciples for the very first time, he says, that he is going to undergo great suffering 
at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and that he is going to be killed, and on the third day he will be raised. Now we know, we know that that was not, that, that did not fall on, on the ears of Peter very well, because Jesus actually had to rebuke Peter at that moment and said, get behind me, Satan, for your mind is not of God, but your mind is of man. But God through Christ, in this story today and throughout the life of Jesus, God through Christ is bringing it all together, this salvation history story. The righteousness of God is being fulfilled through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And this is that journey that you and I are going to be entering into in the coming weeks as we journey with Jesus to Jerusalem. And one of the things that God is asking us to do in these coming weeks is to hear and to listen and to listen for in our journey with Jesus and to watch for and to truly see the one who upholds the covenant, the one who upholds the promise, the one who fulfills righteousness, who once and for all, through his sacrificial death on the cross and through his rising up from the dead. It is through that that he fulfills the promise, that he fulfills all righteousness. And it has nothing to do with anything that we do, has nothing to do with our merit, but it is simply by God's grace through his divine love for us and Christ's sacrifice on the cross that that everlasting covenant relationship is sealed through this victory over death and the grave and by his raising and making it possible for you and I to share in that promise of resurrection life. You know that big book I had here last week, that Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible? Well, I've been doing a little bit of, uh, spending a little bit more time there this week. This time I'm in a different one of those big volumes. This time I'm in that section that has to do with uh, words that start with R, and the word that I did a little bit of word study in this week is that the word righteousness. And in, the, in, 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 that, in that interpreter's dictionary of the Bible, it states that whether or not the covenant relationship, whether or not the covenant relationship is upheld, it depends solely on God's act. Therefore, since God, by his act in Christ, did uphold the relationship by meeting the demand, and that demand is salvation for us. It is by meeting that demand that God is the sole source of righteousness. I believe that the key phrase, the key phrase through this entire passage today are the words, listen to me. And in the coming weeks, as we see and as we will hear Christ's obedience to the will of God, through this act of obedience on the cross, our righteousness will come to fulfillment. And as we journey with Jesus to Calvary, let us also keep at the forefront of our hearts and our minds what the Apostle Paul so eloquently reminds us of in Romans 3, that our righteousness depends not on what we have done, but on what Christ has done for us and that can only be regarded as a gracious gift to us.
from the one who has always upheld the covenant, from the one who has always upheld the promise, and the one who has always been the sole source of our righteousness, Jesus Christ, through his life, death, and resurrection. May the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.